Colossians, Colossians, and we read from verse 6 until 23, which is until the end. So Colossians 2, starting at verse 6 until the end. As you therefore have received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concerns things which perish with the using, using according to the commandments and doctrines of man. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. This afternoon I would like to focus on especially the verses 7 through 15, uh, with the title taken from verse 7, Beware lest any man cheat you or spoil you, you could say, through the philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. This is an exhortation of the Apostle Paul as he speaks to the church, from out of the church to the church. It's an exhortation to be aware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. And we would like, with the help of the Lord, to also focus on that as an exhortation for the church today. Be aware. And this text, amongst other texts, finds itself as the context of what we treated of this morning. You may have recognized the verse, particularly verse 
11 and what follows about circumcision and about baptism, about circumcision as the foundation of salvation, the foundation as found in Jesus Christ, in his circumcision and in his baptism. And being circumcised in Jesus Christ because of the work of Jesus Christ, being baptized, as it were, in Jesus Christ because of the work of Jesus Christ, is repeated as to what it means in verse 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ, and what do you die from? From the basic principles of the world. Why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations, to the things yet of this world and of false religion? So what we looked at this morning is what is the foundation and absolutely necessary that we may be cut off from this world by the death of Jesus Christ and be raised into a new life by the raising and by Christ being raised from the dead. And so also his church in him as all things are and have become new. In effect, what it says and what it preaches to us, again, and I come back to this over and over again, that as a Christian, a true believer in Jesus Christ, we live in two kingdoms. We live in yet the worldly kingdom, but our true identity is in the spiritual kingdom because of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Christ. And that is rooted in the death and in the resurrection of Christ. And therefore Paul is saying in this passage that do not turn there anymore, that is to the flesh and to this world and to the religion of men, but live from and out of Jesus Christ into and for the spiritual kingdom which he has um, established, inaugurated, and gives his church. And therefore, and that brings us to the text also of this afternoon, therefore, be aware. Be aware. Be on your guard. And what are we called to be on our guard for? Be on our guard that you would not be robbed of the gospel, that the truth and the doctrines of Christ be not taken away. That is, those spiritual blessings. He is exhorting the church in Jesus Christ, already dead to this world and rise, risen into the new spiritual world, to nevertheless be in and on alert. Beware. And there he uses a description of those who desire to spoil, to rob the church of the gospel of the truths and the doctrines of Jesus Christ. He says, through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. There you have the contrast again. According to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ, or possibly, Positively speaking, we ought to remain and be established again and again in faith in Jesus Christ, in his word. And, and therefore, be not subject 
or submitted to or robbed from these blessings by what comes from the worldly kingdom. The elements of this world. That's what it says here. The principles of the world. Again, two kingdoms. And to elaborate a little bit on that, also at the beginning of this new year, this is a necessary and good and good and necessary exhortation also for us as church. Going into this new year, that we be on guard, that we be aware. And aware of what? Well, let me focus on two categories. False teachers through philosophy. False teachers that find themselves within the church and philosophy that often comes from outside of the church and tries to attack the church, rob the church of its foundation and of its spiritual blessings. Let me first focus on the false teachers who are thieves and robbers. We can call them men of prey who carry you as walls to steal, to kill and destroy. They are within the church. And Paul was aware of that too during his time. These are the heretics to watch for and be aware. And they are within the church as wolves in sheep's clothing who transform themselves into the apostles of Christ. And therefore, be aware. Discern what is right and what is wrong according to the doctrines of Christ. The principles of the spiritual kingdom. And dear congregation, you call that, with a difficult word, we ought to be exercising polemics. We, within the church, polemics against the heretics that portray themselves as being Christians and true believers, but are not. They are wolves in sheep clothing. And the church has been fighting with these wolves in sheep clothing from the beginning. Paul is referring to them here, implicitly or explicitly. And they were part of the church, and they came in many forms. But let me summarize them. Within the church, within the Christian church, and I'll try not to make it too difficult, there were the Ebionites. And the Ebionites were those who denied the deity of Christ. And what that has added, had as an effect was that they focused on the Lord Jesus Christ only as a good moral teacher, as a man, not as God. So they denied the deity of Christ, put the focus on his humanity, and they only taught Jesus as a good moral teacher, a good example. This was the version of of, of the legalism that the Judaizers had tried and were continued to try to introduce into the Christian church. To reduce the Christian religion to a set of rules and regulations to be followed. And Jesus as the moral teacher at the head of it. Denying the deity of Christ. You called them the Ebionites. Then you had those who were the Docetists. And the Docetists denied the humanity of Christ, put the emphasis on his divinity. 
and also to a certain extent emphasized his power and his presence, but not as a real human being. Let me cut it short and say they both denied the substitutionary work of Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is not truly God, and God can only save us, then he cannot be our substitute. If Jesus Christ is only God and not man, then he cannot be the second Adam and fulfill the law in our place as the second Adam, as we have seen this morning. And that's what the early church was already battling from its inception, from its beginning. And the result of that was that they came up and gathered together this battle, and we see it in the Acts in 15, Acts 15 and Acts uh, 17, but also later on. This is why we have the Nicene Creed. It is the confession, the earliest symbol or confession of the church that came out of and was the result of the battle against the Arians, those who denied the eternal deity of Christ, and other heretics that were within the church trying to spoil and rob the church of the doctrines of Christ and of their comfort. And that's therefore still important. And let me apply it also and speak about it in our context. I know it's a sensitive issue, but we are part of the RCA. Is that a perfect church? No. Is it, and was it the best church to join as a group? No. Were there a lot of trouble? Was there a lot of trouble? And is there still a lot of trouble? Also in terms of heretics and, 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 and devilish doctrines and practices? Yes. But we believe, and I hope that this may be an exhortation to you and also myself from the scriptures, that we have been called into this church. Not because it was such a good church, or is such a good church, but we believe after discerning and prayer that we have been called. And this call, and, and it's the beginning of a new year, and therefore maybe also to give, a, give us an, a perspective to go forward. This call was combined not only to become and to be a pastor again in the RCA and to have a church plant within the RCA, which was accepted, but also start a college. The day that we were asking to be a church plant within the RCA, it was in the room here behind us, the same day they said, but Pastor Mina." You should be a dean of a college that we are starting within the RCA. And why? Because the classes of Ontario, which has now affirmed it, and we hope to give the first course in January, they saw the absolute need for reformation, to return to the scriptures, not only by preaching the truth from the pulpit, and not to put myself on a pedestal, it has nothing to do with it, but return to the scriptures, return to the preaching of law and gospel, of what furthers Christ in our midst. Not as a congregation only. And we, we, we bless you and we thank you that you have also heard the call and participate and continue to participate. And may you be so participatory in the coming year because we believe there is a lot of work to be done by the grace of God. But also, and again, to 
return to the right teachings and doctrines of Christ at a level where we can teach, instruct, and form the next generations of evangelists, of pastors, to start churches. Why? So that the church may be reformed from within. That the Lord again, and we believe that the Lord again will be centered, that Christ will be centered, that the work of the Holy Spirit will be centered according to the Word of God. And, and we pray and, and, and we believe that the Lord will bless it. And that we pray also that you may continue to pray for us and continue to support. Sometimes it seems so little. Why are we here? But, dear congregation, there is much work ahead. Again, is the church perfect? No. Does it need reform? Yes. That the Lord may bless us for that. And I just want to say, not again to boast or anything, but this, this afternoon I just received, or maybe I got it yesterday, a um, email from sermon.com. We need to be on the public place, in the public place. That's first and foremost as a community, never to be denied or neglected. I believe in that firmly. Do not forsake the gatherings of the saints in a physical way as community of, 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 of the church. But also, where's the public place today? The internet. And so I also thank those who help and has helped to set it up, has, have helped to contribute in a monetary sense to continue to record and to stream and to uh, broadcast it. And turning back to these statistics, just in the month of December, we have reached to 13 different countries. The month of December, there are 770 live stream plays of about, in total, 160 sermons, 160 plus sermons. That, the 70, 770 is in December, 13 different countries, in December. And the overall live play Maybe there are more beyond. I was, I, was, I was stunned. And again, not to put anybody on pedestals here, but God uses this, this ministry just the same. And this is what we will be using also in the college. We have already 12, I'm going on into details, 12 students from all over the world taking courses, will be taking courses in Spanish, in Portuguese, and in English to be formed and to be reformed and to be sent out as commissioned pastors within the RCA. So important. We need to be present in the virtual world. And we have a studio. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for helping set it up. Because it will be used. It's an instrument that God uses today, still, until it is too late. I was talking to Pastor Jeff, and he said we, we ought to be there as well. That's the public space today. Until, and you see already glimmerings of it, the devil shuts it down by canceling, by not putting sermons that are according to the Word of God but against the culture on the Internet. You see it all the time, already. This kinds of, these kinds of canceling and, and, and censorship. But as the space is still there, we ought to be present. I believe it sincerely. And so all lifetime plays from the beginning when we started, by the grace of God in August, remember last year, 11,000 plus have listened to the sermons. Whoever has preached in our midst. Again, not to boast, but there is space. There is, 
There is a ministry. And again, I thank you for those who are present and continue to do that ministry until today. It has nothing to do with boasting, but the word needs to be preached, needs to be heard, and will have an effect. And that also we have already seen by the grace of God. And that's what Paul is saying. Remain attached to the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Beware of heretics, of wolves in sheep clothing. And we've seen that also in the RCA, revolutionary hermeneutics, saying that, well, that was then. The Bible is a book that's, that's old-fashioned. That was, that was in an older culture. We have progressed. We have evolved. There needs to be a revolution. So for that time it was okay, but now we can take principles from the scriptures that we first and then have to bracket and then have to transpose it into this world and then this context of our world will determine the meaning of the text. That's what's happening. We struggled with a professor within the RCA who wrote a book on human sexuality. A hermeneutics professor of the New Testament. And this was his trick in his book. He says, that's old. There was already, even during the time of Jesus, you could see the simmerings of, of the acceptance of, of same-sex marriage. Has nothing to do with biological difference. Has to do with kinship. I don't need to go in all to the de details. But this is destroying the church and has destroyed the church. By the grace of God, we are still here and that God may use us. And again, I'm not a CRC person. I'm going on, off tangents, on tangents here. But there the Lord has put a stop to it. Complete going back to the scriptures on these issues of homosexuality and attached to it, discipline. If you don't listen, you go out. You're done. They have attached it to the confessions of the church, to the Heidelberg Catechism, so that it can be doctrinally taught and practically pursued in discipline. The Lord is, in, in that sense, we see God at work. Is it a perfect church? Is there a perfect church? But this is what Paul is saying. That we must be aware of, of heretics. And that philosophy cannot be the rule of judgment for and in the gospel. That's one not after the rudiments of the world, but back to the Word. That's our second thought, to the doctrines of Christ. Therefore, he says already in verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and build up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So what, and, and further, back to the word, that we may be and teach, continue to teach the doctrines according to Christ and not according to the principles of this world. That's the other call, the call for reformation. And again, second sermon of this year. I hope that the Lord may keep us faithful and that we may return to the word again and again and again. What's Paul also saying in this passage in so many words? The Bible only and only the Bible, sola scriptura, not the principles of the world, not what is according to the worldly kingdom, but according to the foundation of the spiritual kingdom of the church itself. That is the word. 
brethren, if you may, take and begin to take the courses. This is also why we will have a college. Our pastors need to be trained in the subtleties of how the principles of the world in terms of hermeneutics and interpretation and the culture is destroying the foundation of the church, is destroying the word. We need to be trained to also see it when it comes so that we may discern and preach against it. That's what Paul does. I'm not making it up. It's what Paul does. Not after this world or the kingdom of this world, but after the word and the spiritual kingdom. And that's why we have also confessions. The Heidelberg Catechism, Confession, the Canons of Dort, and the Belgic Confession. All summarizing the doctrines of Christ as encapsulated in the Word of God to be reformed and reformed again according to the Word of God. And he is saying this thirdly positively, and that's for the comfort. For, so not according to this world or the principles of this world or the elements of this world or the philosophy of this world, but according to the word and according to the doctrines of Christ. Why? For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And, and again, this is what we have seen during these last days of, 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 of remembering the incarnation of Christmas. In Jesus Christ, even as a little baby, it is the human nature of Christ which is the true tabernacle which God pitched among men. In this world and against this world. It is the human nature of Christ as the true tabernacle which God pitched amongst men in this world. For his own glory, for the preaching of his word or the continued preaching of his word and for the salvation of his elect. Now, and, 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 and dear congregation, this is also important, and it brings me back to the same themes, but it, it is what, what the Bible teaches. This tent which God pitched, the true tabernacle among men, and not by men, but by God, looks poor, is not desirable from the outside. When Christ came down, and the children remember this, of course, where did God pitch his tent, as it were? In a cave. Where... <laughs> Was he present in a manger as the Lamb of God? And continually through his life, as God pitched his tent as the true tabernacle amongst men, in whom the fullness of God, uh, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily, that is, in, in Jesus Christ, he was rejected, forsaken, not wanted, to in the end end up on the cross. A heinous death. Why do I say this? Because this is how God desired to reveal himself and continues to reveal himself so that he will draw people into the to himself 
for their salvation. And dear congregation, this is always and stands in diametrical opposition to the world and to your own flesh. The tent which God pitched looked poor, not desirable, and yet he dwelled in it. It says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Therefore, again, back to the Reformation, what ought we to continue to preach? Jesus Christ and him crucified. The cross. And that in and of itself stands diametrically opposed to this world and against the elements of this world. Again, it's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. It is foolishness to the Greeks and it is a stumbling block to the Jews. But it is the power of God unto salvation, the gospel. And, and again, that we may remain faithful to that to preach the theology of the cross, not of glory. <laughs> that is trying to get principles of this world into the church. And that's one. Secondly, it says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. So yes, dear congregation, if, no, not if, the cross, the tent which God pitched among men to dwell in it, to meet people in it, looks poor from the outside, looks ugly, looks undesirable. And in fact, when you look at the cross, it kills. And that's the point also of the middle part of this passage. That's the circumcision of Christ. You see, that's his baptism, but also after his resurrection. And again, for the world, it means dying to this world, to rise up in, in him. But let me add this, and this is the second point. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Dear congregation, yes, the cross looks hard and despicable from the outside. It's like the law which, which kills us. But it is, it is, and it flows grace and love on the inside. If it kills you, it is for a reason to be and to receive the grace and the love of God so that it says you will be complete in him which is the head of all principalities and powers or you can also um, translate it as filled up or filled full in him that is that you may be perfect in him Saints in Christ and all fullness being in him, therefore they are also full. That's a comfort of preaching the outside, but especially the inside of the cross, of his grace, that we may be filled up or filled full in him, and therefore we are also and have a complete and perfect salvation in him. These are words of comfort. These are words of assurance of what the saints are even now already. Not in themselves. For in themselves we are flesh. But they are in Christ. In their head. The preaching of the cross. And that also spells the congregation, and it's another doctrine that is central to the Reformation, our justification in him. He has perfectly fulfilled the law for us. He has made full atonement for sin on the cross. 
He has obtained eternal redemption and brought in a complete and perfect righteousness so that we may be justified in his sight and in the sight of God. To be filled up in him, to be justified and also therefore obtain an eternal redemption, freed from sin and made perfect by the imputation of the righteousness of Christ. Then it says also here, which is the head of all principalities and power. Dear congregation, if you may know this, through the cross of Christ, his coming down, that you may be, that you may be filled up in him. It is not only, and that's important, and it's, and it's essential, that you may be forgiven all your sins, that you may be righteous in his sight, that you obtain an eternal redemption. But if you may belong to this Lord Jesus Christ and so to the spiritual kingdom of God, he is not only your savior, but he is the head of all principalities and powers of whom Christ is the head, he is also your Lord. And that's important. If you may belong to Jesus Christ as your Savior, you also belong to Jesus Christ as your Lord. Always together. And in spite of this world and the worldly elements and the attacks which the church is always under, from within the heretics and from without, you may be assured as you belong to him that being your creator, your governor, and your upholder, he will maintain you. And he will confirm it over and over again. He will uphold you in the state in which he has created you anew in Jesus Christ, in a state of holiness and of righteousness. Because he is the head of all principalities and powers. Not only Savior, but Lord. That's a great comfort. That's a great assurance so that we should not and ought not be to dependent upon anything of this world or of this worldly kingdom or of the philosophy of this world but Christ alone God alone the spirit alone therefore no creature is to be looked at and applied unto or trusted or depended on he is only master and father in whom perfection of just wisdom is and not in us, not in the church itself, and therefore should not regard them, that is their vain philosophy, worldly rudiments and traditions of men, as they have either seeped into the church already by heretics, or as the world tries to attack the church from the outside. There is completeness in him. He is Savior, but he is also Lord. That's what it says here head of all principalities and powers. Let me go back to this. Dear congregation, and I will hammer on this as long as God gives me place and time to preach from this pulpit. Two kingdoms. Let's not mix them. Never mix them. That's the downfall of the church. If you start mixing the world and the elements of the world and the philosophy of the world with the doctrines of Christ, you know what will happen? You will drag down the doctrines of Christ into the domain of the world and the human. In fact, this is what happens and continues to happen in the church that they take methods and philosophies of this world and they think they can apply that and to the doctrines of Christ and they say, well, those are neutral. No. Let me use an example, and I'm not trying to make it too difficult, but when the Protestant church again started to appropriate and integrate the philosophy of Aristotle as the Roman Catholic Church 
What did they bring in as a Trojan horse? The methods of this world, a philosophy of this world. And what happened? As soon as you do that, you drag the divine down to the human. And who becomes the center again? Human and this world. It's guaranteed. And this is what you see in many reformed, to the detriment of the church of the 17th century. They have played again the book of Aristotle and played it right into the church. And what do you see again? When you do that, when you take these methods of the philosophy, of the rudiments of this world, and you marry them to the doctrines of Christ, you drag Christ into the circle of humans. And who become the center? Men and his ways. Not God and his ways. I, can, I have written about this in many occasions. My book on justification I guess I'm making a plug for my book on justification, but that's exactly the problem. Taking the, the tools of this world and the church becomes worldly and, and the world becomes, or the, and, and, and the church becomes as it were godly, wrong. And that's what he is saying. No vain philosophy, worldly rudiments, and traditions of men, only Christ. And lastly, he is Savior, he is Lord. And also this for the comfort of us going into this new year. This last, and I, I, I skipped the middle part, if you want to hear more of it and about it, Listen to the sermon of this morning. So much in there. But lastly, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Dear congregation, as we stand at the beginning of this year, and as we have experienced last year, and maybe you have experienced it in your own life. The work of Christ, the work of God, will be attacked, will be made suspicious. The work and the preaching of law and gospel and of justification and of the furtherance of Christ alone can count on And the devil is ready to pounce. Not, often not so much through from the outside, but from the inside of the church. Through wrong doctrines, according to more traditions of men than the doctrines of Christ. And that's what we also may and can expect when you will start your studies. You know, Luther said, when God builds his church, the devil puts a little chapel beside it. There's nothing new under the sun. Still it's the same. He goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And that brings me back to the beginning of our sermon this afternoon. Be aware. Because he is roaring and seeking to destroy and to kill. But, and that's why Paul also adds this, because the, the battle is real. It's a battle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers that are in the air, also within the church, also within the RCA. I've stared them in the face. You know when you stare them in the face. I don't know if you know this. They are palpable, contrary spirits against Christ and his anointed. But Christ has spoiled the principalities and powers. What has he spoiled? The principalities of hell, the infernal powers of darkness, 
the devil that had the power of death, the accuser of the brethren, who often objected their debts with all his works, he has spoiled and destroyed. It's not that he will not try to whisper in your ear over and over again when you become a new Christian. And when it goes on for a little while, there's the accuser of the brethren. Yeah, but look, you just sinned. Look, flesh. Look, you, you can't be a Christian. You just thought this thought, or you thought that, or you just did this, even against your good ideas. He's always there. He's always there. But Christ has spoiled him. He has overcome the accuser of the brethren. And you know, dear congregation, as personal Christians, but also as the church of Christ, may it be in truth, we can direct <laughs> the devil to Christ and says, try it on him, because I, in him, am perfect. And in him, all my sins are forgiven from past, present, and future. Go away. You have been spoiled, destroyed, decapitated, literally decapitated. Oh, the power of, the, of, of darkness is real in this world. Oh, it is real. But the light of the world has overcome it. That's why Paul adds this for comfort for the church in this world. He has re rescued his people from him that was stronger than they. Don't kid yourself. The devil is stronger than you are. And he knows the Bible better than you are. He knows also how to twist it. <laughs> He's been a th theologian since the beginning of the world. You won't win. Jesus has won. Return to the word again and again and again. Just like Jesus did when he was tempted by the devil. But it is written that and he had to flee. He has bruised the serpent's head, demolished his works, destroyed him and all his powers, defeated all their counsels and designs against his elect. That's a comfort, isn't it? Also going into this new year. And then it says, made a show of them openly, being raised from the dead. He ascended on high and led captivity captive. He led Satan and his principalities and powers captive who had led others as he passed through the air, through the territories of the devil in the sight of God and the holy angels. You know, when the devil thought he had Jesus Christ in the grave. <laughs> Luther has, 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 has funny ideas and, 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 and sort of pictorial ideas about this. He, he, he had him, as it were, in his mouth. That is, he had Christ in his mouth. He's the prince of darkness and death. But then he had to spit him out. <laughs> because he had overcome. And will overcome. When he thought he had won the devil, he had lost. Still the same today. <laughs> he has overcome. Made him a show of, of them openly. And I'll finish with this image triumphing over them in it for this new year. And you say you cannot be too triumphant. It's true I preach the gospel as it is in the cross of Christ. But that is precisely our triumph. You see, that's precisely our triumph. And, and this in particular, and this word is used here, triumphing over them in it. Now, Paul uses an image of what happened 
when an emperor of the Romans came back from a victory maybe far away in Europe somewhere. And when he would come back, the Senate would decree victory, the Senate in Rome. And what they would do is they would give him this decree and the emperor was given a horse and chariot or use his own horse and chariot as a general, as the emperor, and he was in that chariot and what they did with the prisoners of war, the POWs, is they stripped them of all their powers, <laughs> their insignia, their swords, whatever they were proud of and, and thought they had power with. They were stripped of, they were despoiled, as it were. And they were put their hands like this, tied together, and they would walk in front of the emperor as he would ride with the decree of victory around his head. That's the image that, G, that, that Paul is using here. And, and may we go into this new year with that image also in our hearts. You know what Jesus did when he died and he rose again? He was the victor. And there was decreed vi victory. Oh, it's a spiritual kingdom. I know. And this is only an image. But decreed from his father also victorious. You have done. And I have accepted your victory. <laughs> yeah. Let me say that's the Senate. That's God. And you know what? He made and triumph over them in it. Go with this image into this new year and I'll have to imprint it upon my mind over and over again. But this is Jesus, the emperor of emperors. Victorious. And you know where the devil walks? Whom he has conquered, despoiled. No more power. And his hands are tied. Mm. As we may, as the Romans did in the old days, call Hooray the king. Hooray the emperor. <laughs> and he makes fun of the devil. Look at him, despoiled, having no powers, naked, hands tied, ready. that we may also go in that victory into this new year. As little congregation, as, as preachers, as those who are involved in the ministry, be it online, being in other ministries, taking care of the church, accepting people in the church, remaining faithful by the grace of God in the church where he has placed us. And not only that, rather also in the ministry where he has placed you from without and within the RCA. Amongst the prisoners that we would remain faithful. That's a beautiful image, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> He's victorious. The enemy is already despoiled. He's walking there naked. He can see the devil as a moping That's why he's so angry. That's why he's so angry. But Christ is triumphing in it. That the Lord may grant us that also through the college the rest of this year. And we hope and pray that he will do great works. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. I encourage you to be angry of the discouragement in your life, brother. Study. Prepare. He is worthy. Amen. Lord, thank you. You have never 
sensitive road was easy. But you have, and do say, that the outcome is sure. In your son, Jesus Christ, the devil is only moping, just shaking his tail, whatever is left of his body. Oh, Lord, triumphing in it, that we may go forth also into this victory. Oh, sometimes we are hesitant to say these things. Don't be too victorious. No, we are not, but Christ is. Christ is. Give us that courage and that grace. Also go into this new year. In Jesus' name, amen.